Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P Lawyers Law Talk. I'm Clay Williams, a partner with FH&P. With me is Tanvir. Hi, Tanvir. Hi, Clay. How are you doing today? Good. Busy. We've got a great show today. And uh, today we've got uh, James Shaw from Twin Creek Media is Hello with everybody. us. I'm excited to be here. So uh, James is on our show uh, because uh, he's actually the you're the representative or whatever from the marketing agency Twin Creek. So Twin Creek is FH&P's uh, marketing agency. That's right. Yep. Now, we thought it'd be an interesting uh, topic to talk about uh, some of the things that you do for us yeah, from a business perspective, and then maybe we can also talk about some of the legal issues that you face in order to kind of bring it back to uh, a legal show, eh? Yeah. I think marketing for businesses is so important. It's a good topic for big businesses, small businesses, startups, just knowing how marketing can benefit you and how you can also very poorly market yourself is probably something that business owners should know. Well, let's talk about Twin Creeks. I understand you you actually started this, this business, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So back in school, this is rewinding the clock all the way back to 2004, 2005. Um, my buddy and I were in school, the Center for Arts and Technology, taking digital media. And uh, we met at, in Photoshop class, you know, when we were using how to, learning how to digitally paint on the computer. And one thing led to another, we got co- talking and we were, we were thinking, you know, how can we um, start a company in school and get some real world experience doing stuff? So um, yeah, this was 17, 18 years ago and uh, the rest is history. So basically in that course, uh, Thomas and I started doing hourly design, hourly website, development, you know, with uh, very, very low budgets, people that, that had five bucks, you know, or 25 cents to rub together. And they, they had a tiny budget and we're like, yeah, we're students, we can, you can abuse us. So we did some cheap stuff, cheap websites, cheap business cards and posters and designs and stuff like that. This is before social media even existed. So that didn't, that wasn't an issue. Yeah, we started there. And then I worked from home for a few years. Uh, Thomas was always my programmer on the side, you know, moonlighting. He would do uh, some stuff for us after hours, after his regular day job. Um, a few years later, you know, we got busier. Uh, we got more clients, more inquiries, and hired my you know, first employee. Jumped into our first office uh, in 2007, and yeah, and just grew the company from there. Now we're nine people, ten people, plus another ten contractors or so. We'll have uh, clients all over Western Canada. Do do marketing um, primarily in the Okanagan. It's still our backyard and love it. Uh, helping businesses grow here, but also expanding across Western Canada. Uh, coast to coast and even into the U.S. Uh, for a number of clients as well, running their international campaigns. You know, one of the things that uh, we were attracted to your firm was your commitment to analytics, I think. What's your f- firm's philosophy towards, uh, you know, I guess advertising or marketing dollars and, and a return on investment? How, how does that work? Well, you've heard the phrase measure twice, cut once. Right, and that applies to um, to really anything. So you take a scientific uh, methodology and you apply it to a discipline that isn't necessarily scientific. So, you know, marketing people think of um, design, they think of creativity, they think of uh, cool uh, taglines and ideas and videos and Super Bowl commercials, and they think you know it's it's lots of fun, lots of colors, lots of music and and stuff. 
But um, if you're not measuring the results of what you're doing, you have no idea if that investment is worth it or not. That's, that's true if you're a tiny business, a startup company, or a, you know, a mega million dollar company. And really, why are we analytical? It's just the nature of who we are. So Thomas and I, we came from um, more like the engineering background side of things before we got into marketing. Um, and so we we're used to numbers. We we're used to measuring stuff and, and being skeptical people, being kind of curious people, as well as creative. We're always wanting to know if something is worth it. Is it really working, right? And I, we couldn't honestly recommend one thing over another if you don't truly believe that it's the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. If, if uh, just like when you're giving legal advice, you're giving that piece of advice because you genuinely believe that is the right piece of advice to give. Um, when it comes to marketing, a lot of it is a little bit of a guesswork, a little bit of a shot in the dark because you're not entirely sure what the result's gonna be. But the beauty of digitally marketing, digital marketing especially, is it's very, very measurable. So um, things on the computer, well, you, you can measure clicks, you can measure people looking at things, you can measure after they click on an ad, what do they do, what actions do they take? Do they fill out a newsletter? Do they watch another video? Do they land on your site and then go to you know three other pages and fill out a contact form? Um, do they want a request for a requote? Uh, did they enter into a live chat? All of these actions are measurable. Um, so you know if that ad created a quality person on your website and what that, you know, did that person then become maybe an inquiry so your business can actually do something with that um, as a sales lead. Very analytical, it's very important. Mm -hmm. you, you know, one of the things that uh, perhaps our listeners don't know about is when you do hire a marketing firm and, and, and you want all those analytics, a lot of work on our part to set up uh, what what we needed to do. You know, uh, we're, as a law firm, we don't offer just one product. I think a lot of your clients probably have one product and one service that they're trying to sell. We had, we have a lot of different services and so to track that, uh, that was a lot of work, man. It was and a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work with, you know, different landing <laughs> pages and phone numbers and, you know, all kinds of different things in order to track it. But, yeah. uh, you know, at the end it's of the day. It's a lot of work, but it was, it was actually quite Quite typical so you guys um, you know you're, you're a larger law firm uh, here in the Okanagan so you have a lot of departments you know there there's comparable companies who are in manufacturing that would have multiple product lines uh, in different departments like that where they'd have to measure the results not every company also cares to break down where the sales are coming from or where the leads are being generated they're happy with everyone landing in a bucket and then they get busier and they make more money and yay, there's a great return on investment and the effort put into it. Uh, the more broken down you wanna get, the more nitty gritty you wanna get, you know, the more difficult it is to set that up initially. But it's worth it in the end. I mean, having the clarity to make better business decisions following year and be able to allocate your budget more wisely, you know you're not wasting money. Um, you know you're investing it in something that's gonna return, it's gonna multiply. You know, you put a dollar into something and you know you're going to get $10 back. Does that make you happy? If that's your, a good profit margin for you, then, then awesome. If you know you need to put a dollar in and make $15 or $20, well, now you have a new benchmark and you know what to hit. So either way, you have clarity and you have, uh, you know, the ability to make better business decisions. And just one more, uh, sorry, Tanvir, I'm dominating here, that's but okay. uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got another thing that I think our, our listeners might not appreciate is that, uh, 
you know, when you first put in a marketing plan, you can have all these great ideas about what you're going to do. But then I, what I found was that the marketing firm says, okay, now give us like content, give us all these, these stories. And man, that was a lot of work. And I think before Tanvir, you came here, we, you know, we were always trying to dig out content from our associates and yeah. force people to do blogs, blogs or yeah. at least beg them to do blogs. And yeah. it, was a, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, so, so one of the things that, that we've done here that has worked really well is we've actually brought an in-house person, Ryan Tudor. Tease, uh, who's actually <laughs> editing this right now, is uh, and, and that's been that's been great because that's been uh, we've been able to uh, develop and feed contact a lot a lot easier. So, uh, uh, just a recommendation. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. I would definitely recommend that anytime um, a company is has deep knowledge of a certain area, any generic marketing person is not going to be a great content producer. So uh, we don't have a degree, we don't have, we're not licensed or certified in that particular industry. There's no way we're going to create really good content um, on your behalf. And this goes for any field, not just legals, but difficult engineering topics, uh, science, medical, especially. You know, you, you can't fake it, you just can't. So bringing in an internal content producer um, you guys have Ryan in a marketing role here, and he's great because he gets to talk with the, the lawyers that are right here, you know, just down the hall from him. Um, well, when we're in a good mood. Yeah, yeah when you're talkative <laughs> and stuff. And when we're not trying to close a deal or something. <clears throat> Usually to all know, his emails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but that's, that's, a, that's the perfect hybrid of having a good internal marketing team and having an external team that then helps uh, leverage all the content you're producing. So, and that's the, the partnership that we have. You know, you guys create a lot of good content yourself, a lot of good articles, a lot of good advice, um, podcasts, uh, blog posts. And, um, but our team can take that and really give it legs. You know, so instead of it being seen by a thousand people, let's, let's have that thing being seen and read by 10,000 people. You know, let's amplify the effect. Let's, let's leverage all the effort that you're putting in and go boom and really, really get, you know, the, the attention um, that we want on that piece so it's really about amplification and then because we're and measuring, measuring it and see what works and abandon what doesn't and then you see oh you know what people really like this stuff or they don't they, if they don't like it then why produce more of that content that no one cares about but if they do like it like let's go down and make a whole series of this stuff let's let's make you know more more articles and stuff like that and then you can kind of go you know, further and further and turn it into an ad campaign, do some press releases, uh, work on some email marketing. You can take that piece of content and actually distribute it through social media. So there's, you know, imagine creating this piece of content we call pillar content um, and then getting it distributed 10 different ways so it magnifies the whole uh, way that that piece is being used and seen and read and understood and appreciated right the effects are going to be that much greater and i think we were talking about that a little bit too just even with this podcast when before yeah. we started today is this is a, a strictly audio medium that's but right. uh, if we do some video then then we could leverage it even that's even right further. i mean podcasts um, are very popular they have their place um, but it is a niche part and is a niche kind of piece of content where um, it's audio only so typically, you know, when do you listen to things? Um, usually in transit. So you're either driving or you're, or you're using public transportation on a subway or a bus or something like that. That's typically where podcasts are digested. When people 
they just don't have, they can't look at something. They just, you know, either in the car themselves or they're, you know, just want to put their earbuds in and listen to something. So, but the, but we're not just ears, you know. So why not, why not use something where people are a lot more visual so you can, you know, social media is very, very visual. YouTube, obviously, is video. Um, so there's other ways we can leverage content if we have different formats like design or, or photos or video. You know, I do worry about my looks. Like I've been told many times, and Tanvir tells me this all the time, that I've got a face for radio and not for, uh, for video. So uh, I don't know if I defend people if we got us on video or not, but uh, well, I guess we'll find out. You know what the funny thing is? Everyone has a face for radio. But, um, <laughs> and that, and that's, that's really the truth, but everyone also has a face for video and it's just the one difference is smiling. That's it. If you're listening to someone talk, but they never smile and you're listening, you're watching them on a video, you're not going to stay there for very long because no one wants to watch someone that's not happy. So if you just smile a little bit as you talk, um, all of a sudden you have a face for video. No. So Clay, you I'd just, have to practice you, that. I, you have to do. Smiling, do you know I the first thing I'm going to do after this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go dye my teeth or wipe my teeth. Tanvir is not happy. Tanvir, <laughs> you're not looking happy. Now you, now I'm you looking are. Looking at you, very confused. <laughs> yeah. so, I was envisioning. You know what I mean? Trying you, to be happy without. But if you smiling. smile and talk, Ryan would know this being in radio. You smile and talk, people can hear you smiling. They can hear you smiling. Really? Oh yeah. I'm going to try. I wonder if they can hear you. Very not smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling oh, they now. Can totally hear you frowning as well. <laughs> I'm smiling now. Can they see this? Just <laughs> so COVID really changed a lot of the ways that people network and they meet. You know, we've been kind of switching back a bit from all our Zoom oh, meetings and our Zoom video meetings. meetings. Yeah. We've done a lot, and at one point we weren't doing anything. Like a fir- even our firm, I think, I hear of how many social events there were and things like that. Uh, and we're slowly getting back into it, but it's definitely not the same. But what are your thoughts now that things are slowly opening up and we have more networking events? People are now marketing and doing things in person and hosting, and you know, summer's picking up. We have golf tournaments, things like that are sort of picking up again. So, what are your thoughts? Totally. In that regard? So, as important as digital marketing is, is not the be all and end all. Um, human connection is. So so, so important, and mm-hmm. especially post-COVID, everyone's like got digital fatigue. You know, they just need to get out there in real life, uh, meet people, have some real conversations. You know, um, we're, we're a marketing agency and we're, you know, we're trying to meet new people and all and network and stuff like that. But we're actually going to the uh, Valleywide Chamber event uh, tomorrow. Oh, you will see Tadvir there. Am I? Yeah. We yeah. have a booth there too. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go there. We're going to bring our camera and get some cool photos of all, all, all sorts of people and uh, just meet shoulders, you know, rub shoulders that way. So yeah, physical events are really important. So mm-hmm. um, and networking is becoming a lost art and COVID's made it even worse, you know, um, that people are hiding behind their screen and just, but uh, it needs to change. So the Okanagan, I think people are, are ready for that. They really want to embrace the physical events again. Yeah, I think that's going to happen naturally. Well, we had to find our tents, you know. I, I think we'd put them away for two years, you know, and, uh, yeah. and all the big banners and all that. And, uh, you know, we had them, but uh, but this will be the first time we've used them in two years. So uh, networking, obviously, events like that. Any other comments on shifting towards a post-Zoom kind of networking uh, type of world? Uh, obviously, I think we, you know, we're going to have to relook at our um, physical uh, stuff you know like uh business cards perhaps any other ideas yeah well 
I know the realtors seem really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, physical materials, physical print materials are never going to come back the way they used to be. Even the number of brochures, you know, our companies designing for uh, companies um, in every industry, education, manufacturing, medical, doesn't matter, retail. The number of brochures that are being designed that actually never get printed is a very high percentage. So we're still designing the brochures. They just staying as PDFs, mm-hmm. right? They're ready mm-hmm. for download. They're not ready. They don't, they're not being printed as physical copies. Okay, well, so this is a legal show. So uh, let's kind of try and bring it back to ask some legal questions. So, okay. so James, I guess when you're you know, helping to develop a website or wherever, you just go onto the internet and grab any old picture and chuck oh, yeah. it up there. And <laughs> I've made PowerPoints. <laughs> I've made PowerPoints, so I just take real estate and I just take a house off of Google and put it into my PowerPoint. Yeah. And you're probably not going to get in trouble for no. that, are I, but you? I always wonder, it's I'm a like, limited am I allowed audience? to do this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, whenever you grab a photo off Google and it's not a photo that you took yourself, that's copyright infringement. They, You do not have access, you do not have permission to use that photo unless you contact the owner and they have given you permission. Uh, so whenever, for marketing purposes, you have to be really careful there. So because you're using, um, you know, you're taking a photo and you're distributing it across social media or, or using it for other marketing reasons, it's going to be seen by thousands of people. So you have to have the right license, you know, so you need stock photography that has been licensed for that purpose that you have permission to use um, that photo or use your own that you took yourself. So those are the two things that you can use uh, Photo-wise, otherwise you're you're technically breaking the law every time you steal someone's photo off Google and use it for whatever. Not allowed to do that. Sharing memes is maybe kind of a gray area on the internet. People just find something funny and repost it. But a, a meme that's been professionally produced by a company has a little trademark or a little copyright symbol. <laughs> like you're gonna get in trouble. Best be safe and use your own photos or use a licensed. Photo. I want to know what's the worst marketing scheme you've seen someone try to use I'll, I'll say kind of like the there there's the ones where they're outright lying because the worst marketing schemes are usually not marketing schemes at all they're usually identity theft schemes yeah where they're somehow trying to get you to sign up for something steal your name and email address yeah and hopefully your credit card and then sell that information or steal your identity so it's not really marketing related it's more of a business scam one of, one of the biggest uh, mistakes I see people making in marketing is doing the same thing and expecting a different result um, so doing the same thing every single time over and over and over again, they want to see different results. They're the same. That's the definition of insanity, right? And if they're not measuring, they don't really know what result is possible um, or what result to expect. There's no baseline. It's just, this is kind of a waste. So this is what happens on social media. I would say 90% of the time people post on social media cause they feel like they have to, otherwise they're missing. You know, if you're missing out, uh oh, better post something this week. I haven't said anything on Facebook, on my LinkedIn page, or whatever. Nobody is listening. Nobody cares. So, but they don't know that because they're not measuring who's who's reading their posts, who's you know uh, clicking on anything. They're not measuring clicks. They're not measuring reads, engagement, shares, likes, nothing. But they feel like they have to do it anyway. Uh, we get so many business owners that feel guilty about never updating anything on their site or on their page. And we said, does it matter? They look at me like I'm crazy because I'm a marketing person. How can I say, how can I even question that? You know, of course it matters. Like, well, maybe not. You know, is anyone, is anyone there? You know, if you're picking up the phone and, and trying to have a conversation and there's no one on the other end, it doesn't quite matter, does it, what you're, what you're saying? And this is where I always believe in uh, taking 
some money along with your efforts, especially on something like social media and putting them together. So um, what I really mean is boosting content or sponsoring content um, so that at least when you put it, your heart and soul into a message, you have a really good thing to say. It clicks back to your website, you know, has the potential of earning you business um, or, or selling a service or selling a product. Put some money behind that so at least it gets seen by a thousand people or more. Otherwise, you know, maybe it just gets shoved under a rock the moment it goes live and no one ever sees it. And that's a tragedy. So you as a, as a small business owner, as a, the owner of, uh, of Twin Creek Media, you've had legal needs yourself and uh, we've worked together for a long time. Yep. And so what are some of those things? Well, especially are... back in the early days, uh, 2007, um, FHMP helped Twin Creek Media Incorporate. So uh, doing all of our corporation documents. And then I had uh, two friends who, um, well, one I founded the company with, so they were, they be bought in as a shareholder. So um, Clay, you and FHMP um, did our shareholder um, agreement and, uh, you know, the divvying up the different structures and classes of shares and helping us figure that out. And then later on, we had another friend that bought in as a partner. So we, you know, redid the shareholder structure. Um, so that's been done, the buy and sell agreement over the time. Um, so yeah, and just doing our corporate filings each year and stuff like that. So helping with us with all of our business legal needs, um, it's been really easy to work with you guys, uh, consistent, time effective. Again, we don't know what we're doing, so we just trust the experts. And it's kind of, uh, it's been a, a great relationship over the years. Okay, so, so what is Twin Creek's tagline? We're your virtual marketing department. All right. Let's finish this, Tanvir, with FHMP's uh, tagline. We are? Rooted in community, ready to help. W were you smiling? I when just you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that I wasn't. <laughs> Thanks for coming, James. Yeah, thank you. FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.